بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه من والاه أصبحنا وأصبح الملك لله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to teach us from his knowledge and to lift us in levels and to accept our worship Amin ya Rabbil Alameen Inshallah just a few words in a few minutes Bidnillah Azza wa Jal there's no doubt that the first lesson that a human being ever learned was the lesson of how knowledge honors a person. And this is why in the first story in the Qur'an, and actually the first story in the history of humanity, the story of Adam salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam and then taught him knowledge. He gave him a knowledge that the angels did not know. After which the angels were commanded to prostrate for him. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah lifts those who believe and those who attain knowledge and levels. And there's not a dua in the Qur'an where Allah told the Prophet wasallam to increase him in anything except for knowledge. He said, وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا There's no zidni anything except for ilm in the Qur'an. But you know what hadith baffled me? The hadith, the authentic hadith, so this, these ayat and these ahadith of how Allah lifts the people of knowledge is one thing. But the hadith that baffled me was that hadith that said, where the Prophet said, the first to burn in the hellfire is going to be a scholar, somebody of great knowledge. So we learn that knowledge can go all the way up and knowledge can go all the way down. It's a two-way road. And subhanAllah, when I thought about it, and I thought about the seerah of the Prophet wasallam, and how are there examples of these types of scholars in the time of the Prophet wasallam? Because sometimes when we think of scholar, we think of after Rasulullah but the reality is, from the seerah of the Prophet we could find examples of both types of scholars. And that's what I'm going to share with you today, inshallah. In a famous story, the story of Waraqa ibn Nawfal. The story of Waraqa ibn Nawfal, when the Prophet wasallam, he first, when, when he first experienced wahi from Jibreel he went to Khadija, and Khadija called her cousin Waraqa. Waraqa came and he was learnt in Hebrew, and he was learnt in the Torah and in the Injil. So he studied the previous scriptures. So when the Prophet ﷺ explained to Waraqa what he experienced, he said, this is the angel that came down to Musa. And you were chosen to be a prophet. And the Prophet ﷺ said, me? A prophet? He said, yes. And there's not a single person that came with what you are coming with except that he was the enemy of his people. He said, 
Will they be my enemy as well? He said, yes. And they will kick you out of your city. He said, Will they kick me out as well? He said, yes. So Waraqa knew the seerah of Rasulullah before Rasulullah <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And he's Rasulullah. He knew the biography. He knew what's going to happen to him before he did. So this is Waraqa. And he said, I wish I will be young or I wish I was young when they kick you out. But he was a very old man. As a matter of fact, Waraqa died three days later. Okay? And then he died upon Islam, alhamdulillah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda. Another example, this is the example of a righteous scholar. Someone who used their knowledge to find the truth. His knowledge of the previous scripture guided him to knowing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's one. Another example of this is Abdullah ibn Salam, who was a Jew in Medina. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did hijrah to Medina, Abdullah ibn Salam was a scholar, the son of a scholar amongst the Jews of Medina. And as soon as he heard about the Prophet he used his knowledge of the scripture and he went and inspected the Prophet He asked the Prophet He looked at the characteristics of him and he found out that it is him. So he embraced Islam. And subhanAllah, the Abdullah ibn Salam was supposed to go back and give da'wah to his people, to the Jews of Medina. But he said, Ya Rasulullah, my people are qawmun buht. Buht is exactly what it sounds like in Arabic, by the way. It's buht. That's how the Jews were in Medina. Meaning, any time, like they, they're quick to flip. And they forget all of the past. Yeah, I mean, they, they'll just bash on somebody for no reason. And Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Salam knew this. So the Rasul called the tribal leaders of the Jews and he told Abdullah ibn Salam, hide in another room. And he invited the Jews over and he told them, look, what do you have to say about Abdullah ibn Salam? He said, oh, he's a scholar, son of our scholar. He's very learned, very this, very that. They complimented him. He said, what if I told you Abdullah converted to Islam? He said, no way, ma'adullah. How is he going to convert to Islam? They said, Abdullah, come out. Abdullah came out and he said, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu Muhammad So they said, they got up like, astaghfirullah, you know. They got up and they said, you know, you never had knowledge to begin with. Even your father, we used to doubt the amount of knowledge he had. You were never, and they started, they were qawmun buht, exactly. Well, Abdullah, they got up and left, and Abdullah ibn Salam told the Prophet, see, Ya Rasulullah, I told you so. Like, this is how my people are. So Abdullah ibn Salam is a second example of how knowledge can lead to the haqq and to embracing it. But there's also examples in the seerah of knowledge not leading to the haqq. And that's the example of Huyay ibn Akhtab. Huyay was one of the leaders of the Jews in Khaybar. And Huyay was the father of Safiya bint Huyay, Umm al-Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers, radiallahu ta'ala anha. Safiya, radiallahu anha, she narrates, she said, I was a little girl and I was really loved by my father and my uncle, Abu Yasir. So her father, Huyay, and her uncle, Abu Yasir, they used to really love her. So they allowed her to be around them. Like when they had private discussions and whatnot. They wouldn't allow anyone else. But Safiya was allowed. She said, one day, I heard my father go to Rasulullah and he went to inspect 
him and to see his characteristics and to see if he fits the characteristics that were mentioned in the Torah. And then he went back and she said, I heard the conversation between him and Abu Yasir, my uncle. Her father, Huyay, said to Abu Yasir, he said, I went and I saw Muhammad. Abu Yasir said, so what did you see? Did he fit the description? Huyay said, yes, he fit the description. Abu Yasir said, okay, so what are we going to do? Huyay, he said, I'll be his enemy until I die. I'll be his enemy until I die. SubhanAllah, you see? Although he knew the Rasul and he knew his characteristics, but guess what? He continued to disbelieve even until the siege of Khaybar where the Prophet brought him and dragged him under his foot and he told him, Ya Huyay, look at what your disbelief brought you to. You're on the brink of death and you're right here. What do you have to say? Huyay said, he said, I never will regret being your enemy, O Muhammad. Subhanallah. He said, And it is a slaughter that Allah wrote upon the sons of Israel, upon them. And whoever fights Allah, Allah will defeat them. So it's as if he said, it was our destiny to be defeated and stepped on by you. And he chose to be on the wrong side. This is very interesting actually. And this is very interesting. You see how the knowledge was used to misguide him and to make him steadfast upon what? Upon batil, upon falsehood. Another example is the example of Salama ibn Salam al-Ansari. By the way, he's one of the 313 that fought in Badr. Salama, he said, I was a little kid, little boy. I used to walk, I used to be neighbors of uh, a neighbor to the Jews of Medina. And there was a scholar amongst the Jews that would talk about Jannah and Nar. And he would talk about Yom al-Hisab, Judgment Day. And he said, one day I was sitting there and I told this Jewish scholar, after he told us about the hellfire and about paradise and judgment, he said, and the fire will be so severe that the hottest furnace in this dunya is still nothing compared to it. You'd wish you were in a furnace from how hot the hellfire is. So Salama, he was one of the mushrikeen. Yani he, wasn't, he didn't believe in any of this, right? And it was the Jews talking about it. And he was one of the, the you know, the mushriks. He said, how do I know you're true? He's telling the Jewish scholar, how do I know you're right? He said, there would be a prophet that will come from here. He pointed south of Medina, which is towards Mecca and Yemen. He pointed south. He said, there will come a prophet from over there, and he will prove to you that we are correct, and he will bring victory to us, and he will teach you, and everyone will know that this is the truth. So when Salama grew up, he followed Rasulullah he embraced Islam, accepted Islam, but guess what? This Jewish scholar did not accept Islam. He remained the kafir and Salama went to him. He said, he said, didn't you used to tell us about Jannah Nar? Didn't you used to teach us what Muhammad is teaching us now? Don't you know this? And didn't you describe him? 
the way he came in the Torah and you pointed at where he's going to come from, he said, yes, but that's not him. That's not him. Look. So he gave two examples of scholars whose knowledge guided them to the truth and two examples of scholars whose knowledge guided them to falsehood. Brothers and sisters, we learn one thing. That knowledge alone is not enough to save someone. But it has to be accompanied with humbleness and willingness to accept the truth no matter who it comes from. Without this, knowledge will lead to the bottom. It's not Fir'aun or Haman or Qarun. It's not Hitler or Stalin or whoever it is that's going to be the first in the hellfire. It is going to be a scholar like that of Huyay and that scholar who Salam I was talking about. Brothers, طيب, what does this affect us as Muslimin? The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prophesied so many things from the signs of the hereafter. We know about the Mahdi and his coming. We know about Nuzul Isa alayhi salam. We know about the Dajjal. We know about the sun rising from the west. We know about the rising, what, the, 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 the buildings that are going to be built by the barefoot, naked, you know, dependent people that the Prophet described the shepherds. طيب. There are two types of scholars, the same types that existed amongst Bani Israel, amongst the Jews and the Christians. We have the same types amongst the Ummah today. Just because someone knows of the coming of Isa السلام, does not mean that they're going to know to follow him. And just because they know of the coming of the Mahdi and his description and attribute does not mean that they're going to recognize him as the Mahdi and follow him. Just because they know the description of the Dajjal does not mean they're going to reject him. It's beyond this. It's the humbleness. It's the submission. It's the willingness to accept the truth that we must live right now before these times come. Because if we don't have this as a guide, the knowledge will not benefit us. As a matter of fact, the knowledge can harm us because it can only make us go lower in the hellfire. So we ask Allah, not only knowledge, plain knowledge, but we ask Allah for knowledge and willingness to follow it. Right? Knowledge that produces action and manifests in action. And the willingness to accept the truth no matter where it is. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us and to show us the truth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who have the knowledge to recognize the prophecies of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what he left behind and the legacy he left behind, and to follow it with our humbleness and for our hearts to be pure and not to make us of the examples of those corrupt scholars of Bani Israel, but to make us of those who were guided to the truth and followed Muhammad sallallahu the same way they're going to follow Isa alayhi salam when he comes again. We ask Allah to guide us and to show us a straight path. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. I'm sorry to take long brothers. I know this is a long subject but I, hope, I ask Allah that we benefited from this. Jazakumullah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi
وسلموا تسليما إن الذين يؤذون الله ورسوله لعنهم الله في الدنيا والآخرة وأعد لهم عذابا مهينا والذين يؤذون المؤمنين والمؤمنات بغير ما اكتسبوا فقد احتملوا بهتانا وإثما مبينا 